Hi, everyone, and welcome to Keeping It Global, a series brought to you by Lehigh's Brown and White and Iacocca Global Village Program. I am Julia Dapolito, and today we're kicking off our show with our first ever guest. Coming to us from Kazakhstan, I'm so happy to welcome Akner Berdegolva. Where in Kazakhstan are you from? I am from the city of Karaganda. It's a northern town. It's very, uh, I was told it's very Soviet looking, (laughs) but for me, it's just home. Uh, Yeah, I, I was trying to come up with some fun facts about my town. And one of them is that back when Soviet Union was in place, my town was a place where like intelligentsia who was sent out to like gulags uh, was sent, especially their like family members. So our city is like a very, um, I would say like, I don't want to say intelligent because city cannot be intelligent, but it has a lot of this kind of literature capital. I don't know, intel- intelligent capital. Could you say that? <laughs> yeah. Well, no, that's cool. Because I was going to ask, like, what's your hometown like? So that was a little bit about it. But is there anything else? <laughs> um, I was trying to come up with a fun fact again <laughs> up until, like, um, six months ago, we had a street named after Lenin. And for me, I think that's a very strange thing to still have because I've traveled around the country and we're one of the last uh, cities to still have that street. And recently it was renamed to Kazakh national author, like a Shakespeare, but in Kazakhstan. Uh, his name is Abai. So now uh, we are you know, up with the, <laughs> with the modern world. Is it like a big city or is it like small or is it more like a town, like a rural town? In Kazakhstan, it would be counted as like a, a rather large city, but in like U.S. terms, I would say it's it's medium. It's not a rural town. It's just a small, cozy place. I think you could walk from end to end in like maybe five hours if you're very, very like athletic. I didn't try it. <laughs> I tried half of the city and it was uh, fun, a challenge, a, a fun challenge. <laughs> Um, what languages are spoken there? Here in Kazakhstan, we are innately bilingual. We speak Kazakh, our uh, kind of cultural native language, and Russian, which is also historically our native language. I personally grew up speaking both. Um, like my grandma's first language is Kazakh, my parents' first language is Russian. So uh, a mix of both. Uh, but currently we're going into trilingual direction. So uh, English has become a huge part of any education, starting as early as preschool uh, for kids. So uh, yeah, I would say we're trilingual, on the way (laughs) to trilingualism right now. That's so cool. (laughs) Um, What are some things that most Americans wouldn't know about Kazakhstan? Oh, actually, I have a very interesting list, (laughs) which starts with food. Uh, as you might, you know, <laughs> might have guessed, that's the most interesting thing about the culture. So maybe you have heard, but here in Kazakhstan, we uh, eat horse meat. It's like, a, it's a delicacy. It's the most expensive type of meat, and not considering fish and everything. Fish is probably the most expensive, which is also a fun fact, because we don't have much access to big water. So mm-hmm. uh, like, like good red fish would not be local (laughs) or locally grown in any way so yeah we eat horse meat that's one of the facts um 
another one would be um we may not be known for it but the dairy products made in kazakhstan are one of the most like naturally and nicely like created things <laughs> i have uh, traveled around and i also have friends from around the world but many of them who have visited kazakhstan they know that our dairy products are just to die for or to live for <laughs> so uh yeah if anyone ever wants to visit kazakhstan make sure to try some local dairy products that are just very special gotcha like what kind of dairy products are like special um like you know So the closest thing I found in the US was like cottage cheese, but it's not cottage cheese. Um it's called tvorog, tvorog. It's um it looks kind of like ricotta, but it's not. It's it usually has different types of flavors. Some people prefer it prefer it more sweet, some people prefer it more salty, salty, not spicy. <laughs> And uh, uh a variety of things that go from there like we have a dessert it's called raffaello like the dessert like you know like the candy but it's actually mm-hmm. made from like a type of cheese that we make i would call it a type of cheese maybe yeah i love cheese so this is like exciting for me to hear about right now <laughs> you should you should come <laughs> and try. do you like sweet I cheese <laughs> yeah i do yeah and yeah <laughs> Do you have any other fun facts for that? Um if if not related just... <laughs> about with food, I would say um since Kazakhstan is geographically a large country, we are known to have almost the entire Mendeleev's table, like the chemical elements table on mm-hmm. under our uh grounds. And also we have almost every type of like a resort like mountain skiing resorts uh we have a we have a sea but it's far away from where i live but we have a sea resort <laughs> we have a lakeside resorts union there're like a lot of them we have all types of mountains um and that's something that people don't know because even people in the closest neighboring countries like russia they think that we are a big step uh with nothing there <laughs> which is true about my uh particular city <laughs> but it's not true about the entire country so yeah that could be a fun fact no that's so cool um <laughs> what's your favorite thing about kazakhstan my favorite thing just actually came to me last year i have realized that kazakhstan is brand new and everything here is here is brand new imagine uh almost the entire entirety of the capital like 80% of it is brand new houses, brand new apartments, brand new everything. So basically, if you want to live in a brand new apartment that no one ever lived in, you come to Kazakhstan and and it's usually pretty and you'd have, you know, the view of of the most beautiful sunsets and that's something I really enjoyed because when I was traveling like to Europe or uh, I've been to Paris, I I noticed that most of the architecture and everything is is old and cultural and very beautiful, but when you live there, you realize the difference between the new house <laughs> that has an elevator that's like Seven seconds until fifteenth floor, <laughs> and when you have to carry your suitcase and on, onto the seventh floor with no elevator whatsoever because it's a historical house, um, mm. I guess I guess that's kind of the comfort that newness uh, provides. Um, another thing is probably what all 
Kazakhstani people would want me to say <laughs> is hospitality, and I agree with it. Uh, we love guests, not just foreign guests, local guests. We love uh, relatives. The sense of like communion, community is very strong. I I have been noticing it like on my own example, on my own family, where the most distant relative feels the responsibility to help the other distant relative in any way possible, going to lengths of like leaving their home and going to help someone who is ill. And if you look at like our geography, it's a big country. So coming from one city to another, it's it's a big deal. <laughs> so so yeah, that's that's probably two of the most like outstanding and favorite things that, that I have about uh, Kazakhstan. Oh, I like it. <laughs> um, I also know that you lived in the U.S. a few years ago. Could you tell us more about like your experience there? Mm, I should start with. Um, <laughs> I know my host parents would enjoy this part of a podcast. Um, mm. I wasn't born in Texas, but I got there as fast as I could, yeah. and <laughs> that's been the entire, you know, the description of the entire experience uh, of living in Texas. I lived in a small suburban uh, town. It's called Pearland. It's near Houston, and. Uh, it was just a cultural exchange program uh, that I was a part of. It's it's a very uh, it's a very competitive program. It's a highly competitive program, and it includes like immersion on every possible level, like educational level. We went to a U.S. high school, uh, you know, cultural level. You live in a family with you know, of <laughs> a couple of Texans as I like to call them. Uh, you you uh, immerse on every possible level, and that was just I think the most shaping uh, and change making changing shifting <laughs> uh, opportunity of my life uh, because then uh, there I realized um, you know who I am what I could do how to believe in myself uh, how to com- communicate with people and uh, like I only had a few email you know em- emails with the people I was about to live with. <laughs> so that was a very challenging thing to encounter when I was 17. But after that, life seems easy. <laughs> you know, <laughs> when you compare. At the age of 17, I moved to a different country for a year. <laughs> and um, and after that, everything just seems, you know, interesting and, and easy, <laughs> I'd say. Oh, cool. It gives you a different, like, way to look at everything. Yep, yep. Um, what did you like about living in America? Mm-hmm. Okay, I-, I was trying not to put food first. <laughs> first one, first of the most um, kind of outstanding things uh, for me was the people, and not just like general people. Yes, I love the people, especially people in Texas, of course. But uh, the people who care a little too much. I don't notice it a lot in Kazakhstan or among my other friends, but in the U.S. this is very a very developed phenomena. Like if it's a Halloween, like people will decorate their homes, will find the best costume, will you know drive their kids around the neighborhood, or that kids will walk around the neighborhood. For Christmas, it's the lights everywhere. You know, people put one hundred and ten percent. And the thing is, before I got to Texas, I was considered like abnormal in my country because if I had a gift for someone it would be not just you know a book it would be a book wrapped in something you know added with a special card uh, you know created with with some uh, 
creative way, like showed in some creative way, um, accompanied by a poem. And when I got to the US, that was just a bare minimum. <laughs> That's a bare minimum you could do. Um, people just went all out. Uh, and throughout my year, it was just the most wonderful feeling where like, if it's someone's birthday, a person they know only for like two months would make them the most, I don't know, magnificent cake with all the flavors in it. Uh, and just that going all out and people caring too much about everything, about detail. That's my favorite thing about the US and about my exchange and in general about people there. Um, and near second would be food and, and the variety of it <laughs> and how much people also care about it as well like family dinners um i don't know if it's like a, true for the entirety of the country but uh seems like people care about dinners with family you know saying a prayer together um spending time making sure you spend time with your family at least once a day um in kazakhstan we have that but it's not a cultural aspect you know, we eat together, but just because, you know, everyone's hungry at the same time. <laughs> but it's not like, a, you know, everyone has to be there for dinner to make sure we know what's happening with everyone, how school going, how's work going. And I made everyone play board games, which is my third favorite thing. <laughs> I was annoying because I've never played board games before I went to the US. And for me, that was just Uno, Yahtzee, um, and everything in between. <laughs> was it was a part of my day a highlight of the day so yeah hope that answered the question oh it did it was really really cool to hear you say those things because like those are things that I don't think of as out of the ordinary at all like that's just like like putting the thoughtfulness into like gifts like oh my god I go like all out on gifts like I'll get them a bunch of little things I'll get them a fancy card I'll paint them something I'll like get them a gift card to their favorite place like and I'll put it all together all nice in a little bag and it's so nice and like I love doing that but I think it's so funny that you that was the first thing you were like that's so like I don't you know what I mean it was just nice yeah. to hear yeah and yeah. I, I think yeah it's it's not you you can't realize it when you're not you know seeing it as a foreigner so that's just yeah. a very special thing I yeah. yeah, and I do have dinner with my family every night. We have to. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You see, I love that you have to. Maybe when I was seventeen, I, I didn't understand it, <laughs> but right now I just so appreciate it, and I push it onto my family here. I even made them get a round table. Before that, we had like a square table, but when I was in the U.S., I was like, "Mom, can you please buy a round table as like a New Year's gift for me?" <laughs> <laughs> because it's you know it's more inclusive when you have this the round yeah. table it's nice you can like see everyone yeah i like yeah. the table <laughs> uh, what did you think was weird about america like living here um <laughs> where should i start <laughs> <laughs> so um going back to those dinners for me that was weird that it was the largest meal of the day i grew up doing in reverse so breakfast is the largest meal of the day in Kazakhstan so you have a large breakfast a smaller uh, lunch and then you have a small dinner or maybe like a no dinner it's it's a very cultural thing that uh, people eat less in the evening 
especially in my family, I guess. Uh, but in the US, it was the largest meal of the day. So no one was eating breakfast. I was the only one, <laughs> almost only one. We had another exchange student who also was uh, eating breakfast. So that was good. <laughs> We're eating our like... Never eat breakfast. <laughs> I don't know. I always forget. And it's never like, it's just so not the most important thing for me, right? <laughs> yeah. Like coffee for breakfast was a normal thing for a lot of like of my friends and family. Is that is that your breakfast? <laughs> yes, I had a bagel this morning though too, so I'm doing good. <laughs> okay, <laughs> you're like I have to work. <laughs> need a need a bagel. <laughs> um, I guess that was uh, kind of weird at the beginning. Uh, I was trying to always eat less in the at the dinner, but then I realized like if I eat small breakfast and then small dinner, I'm not eating. <laughs> so I started to yeah. eat, eat eat well. <laughs> um, another thing that was weird, but I think it's also specific to Texas is the word y'all you know i've been studying english since i was like seven and i know a lot about it's like grammar and everything but but first day in texas (laughs) and everyone that is not using you in the way that they're supposed to you is for everyone right you as one person you as a lot of people turns out there are a variety of ways to say a lot of people (laughs) and and that linguistic aspect was very very funny for me because i was like you is just you one person y'all is three or four people all y'all is a larger group a large group of people <laughs> um now I, now i teach uh, <laughs> a lot of people i know that that fact i'm like if you go to texas you is just you <laughs> so if you invite someone <laughs> over you is just you <laughs> not another group of people uh, but yeah other than that i think I never thought about anything as weird. I think I was weird more than, than things around me. I was like, I'm the odd thing. So I'm, I'm going to try to immerse. Gotcha. Yeah, the y'all thing is a little bit weird. Mm-hmm. I'm not from down there. Yeah. I mean, like, I live in, like, Northeast. Like, I'm from, like, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. So, uh-huh. like, I, like, just, the y'all thing is always, like, ooh. <laughs> Do you say you guys, though? I heard like yeah. you guys or use guys. I've heard about those <laughs> things as well. So that was um, interesting too. That was a yeah, no, definitely. If I'm referring to like a larger group of people, I will say, hey guys, mm-hmm. or like, hey, you guys. Yes. Versus like, hey, you instead yes. of everyone. Yeah, hey, you is like almost, uh, it, it turned into singular at some point. <laughs> um. I know you already kind of talked about it, but what parts of American culture did you like the most? Mm, parts of America, like uh, geographically or, or what? Like the culture, like of like America. Like I know you said the dinner thing you really liked. Was there like anything else that you liked? Mm. Okay. My host family introduced me to musicals oh. and uh, we watched like Hairspray, we watched um, Les Miserables, and for me, I'm, I'm not sure, like, it's not, but Broadway, I mean, it's very American, right? <laughs> so I became mm. obsessed with Broadway. I've never been yet, uh, but that's just a lifelong dream uh, and love for musicals. Um, that was probably a part of the culture that, that I really appreciated. Um, another part of culture is, hmm... I think people giving opportunities to uh, children or teenagers, to high schoolers or just school children, 
to express themselves in a variety of ways. So uh, in my high school, people were doing arts, people were doing crafts, writing. I was a journalist. Uh, people were into sports and everything was supported. You know, if a football player hides his tuna somewhere in the classroom, <laughs> no one is annoyed because they know he needs, uh, you know, the what is it, protein <laughs> before the workout. Um, it was just this general acceptance of art, I think, and expression in a variety of ways, not trying to, you know, put each person into a kind of bubble, like, oh, you're a girl, you should be da 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 or, uh, you know, you're da 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 your entire family are doctors, so why don't you become a good doctor? I'm not saying Kazakhstan is like that, but we still have, like, a, you know, successful profession and unsuccessful profession stigma, so if you are a musician, you are unsuccessful, Unle unless you become like world famous and then you you are very successful <laughs> uh, so um I i've noticed a lot of like suppression of art especially among youth among my classmates back when i was younger and university mates who were pushed to get like useful majors like economics or engineering even though they they hated it so that was kind of a great thing I appreciate it because I, I was able to be a journalist without people calling me you know jobless a future worker of fast food and so on so that was really nice <laughs> no I like that that was also nice to hear like because that was just nice to hear that that's something that like we have because I take that for granted I guess I would say like being able to do what I want. Like I've always been like an art design writing student and like it's never been any sort of like problem. It's always mm -hmm. been like supported. And I guess I really took that for granted hearing that. It's mm -hmm. nice. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, what type of music do you listen to? Um, a very tough question for me because I'm very basic. <laughs> I listen to uh, anything that's popular. <laughs> I would say uh, I have an app. It's called Yandex Music. It's like Apple Music. Uh, just it creates playlists for me, uh, a mix of everything, starting from music from musicals, soundtracks, popular music. Um, uh, if I had to like highlight one great uh, band, I would say I like Nickelback. I like Sunrise Avenue. I know they are they are not very popular in the U.S. for some reason. Um, but uh, Nickelback was, was a band that supported me through, through a lot of tough decisions in life, including my uh, competition for this exchange program that I was a part of. And all throughout, like their songs were just there on the background. Like, if today was your last day, tomorrow, <laughs> you know, would be too late. Do it today. And I was like, yes, I will. <laughs> um, uh, for me in songs, um, I don't know if you would agree, the most important thing is the lyrics rather than the music, uh, except for classical music. Um, so yeah, if if it's like Russian pop from two thousands, the lyrics also matter because it's my memory, uh, the memory from my childhood. Then of course I'm listening to it with joy. <laughs> so so yeah, uh, yeah. The answer is everything. <laughs> Listen to everything, Russian pop, Korean like pop. <laughs> uh huh. Did you like listen to Broadway music when you like heard about it? Did you like that? Yes, I I know a lot of songs uh, from Hamilton. I think by heart, like in a bad way by heart. Like I m messed up all the words, but but the tune is there. 
<laughs> yeah, <laughs> there's a million things I haven't done. <laughs> yeah, just randomly pops in my head, you know, <laughs> like ad songs. <laughs> Do you play any instruments? Mm, um, that's actually a fun story. I have a ukulele. I bought it like I think a year and a half or maybe two years ago aiming to play it and I keep you know I know a few chords I can do a melody but I've uh, yet to learn to play an entire song just on my own without like YouTube uh, but my brother picked up my ukulele more often than I did and he became like a pro he started writing songs which he's he has never done he's an engineer so he's never done that and he became so very musical thanks to that ukulele so I thought, you know, <laughs> there was a good part of me, you know, learning it less <laughs> and, you know, using it less. Uh, but yeah, I, I aim to bring it to the US when I come for Global Village to play a song. So I have a goal to learn a song before GV, <laughs> at least a few, so I could show off some skill. <laughs> but yeah, that's, that's like the only musical uh, acquaintance that I made recently. <laughs> Um, what other kind of stuff do you do in your free time? Hmm. <laughs> so, out of the fun stuff, I, I read um, memoirs. Recently, it became a, a great hobby. It's just like I'm immersing myself into another, another Glennon Doyle memoir or um, Michelle Obama. I read uh, like a whole set of them <laughs> are downloaded or bought and on the shelf. So, yeah. Um, that that has been a guilty pleasure. I don't know why guilty, <laughs> but but a pleasure for sure. And um, another thing I do is I I I learn languages. It sounds weird, but I learn it for fun. Like I I'm I'm like an upper intermediate level in French, so that's been something that's been fun for me. Uh, yeah, and I just sometimes talk to to myself in French, and it sounds like weird because I have no one to talk to so I talk to myself <laughs> with, with all the mistakes and everything um I I don't know if you've seen Grey's Anatomy but if anyone out of the listeners has seen it uh the characters do this thing called dance it out so they just turn on the music really loud and they start to dance their emotions out yeah that is the thing I love the most. <laughs> um I, I dance it out like the characters every time I'm happy sad dreamy uh, sleepy you know energetic or the opposite um so yeah those are like the things i do most commonly i, I usually don't have free time <laughs> that's why my, my activities are boring <laughs> probably <laughs> um, what do you do for a living um Currently, just now, I, I teach English and um, in a kind of creative way to uh, like executives from tech companies in Russia, Belarus and Ukraine. But I've been only doing this for a few months. Before that, for about three years or so, I worked with American consuls and the U.S. Embassy here in Kazakhstan on alumni programming. Uh, I was uh, responsible for organizing socially valuable events like workshops, conferences, trainings, and more <laughs> across the country. And that has been my you know, lifelong passion. I thought I found my dream job at 21 <laughs> and you know, I, I don't know what I'm going to do without it, uh, but it, it had helped 
I think a lot of our communities to grow, a lot of our alumni, alumni, I mean alumni of like exchange programs, cultural exchange programs of the State Department uh, to, you know, advance their projects. And it was such an honor to be a part of that. And my last position at that capacity was executive director at the local NGO for alumni. I have uh, left it around September uh, due to some, you know, logistical issues. <laughs> and uh, yeah, and then, and then I started giving like a... So before my impact was larger and now I'm trying to give a smaller impact. But yeah, I'm on the way to figure out uh, the next step. Uh, and Global Village has been the greatest um, push in that. We have been doing a lot of workshops that helped me realize even more things about myself. So now I'm, I'm working very closely with like a couple of mentors to to reach the new level <laughs> of bringing about good things, bringing about, I think, impact, the positive one. <laughs> that leads into my next question about what attracted you to the Global Village program. Hmm. First of all, I have known about it for like five years ever since I came back from the United States in 2014. Wait, that's more than five years. It's like six and a half years. Yeah, I, I've known about it. Uh, we were told about it as alumni. Um, they shared their stories of becoming um, villagers and how impactful it was for their lives. And I've always thought, oh, wow, in uh, like, I so hope that like before maybe I'm 35, I'm such a professional that I could, you know, join Global Village and, and uh, be a, a great part of it. But I didn't really know what it was. And then uh, I think it was last January, uh, the application came around for Global Village. And I, I read the descriptions and then I talked to some alumni, to some mentors from, from people I, I knew from my country. And I have realized that it's the exact type of a thing I would like to do as a further education, uh, because uh, I was okay at like formal education, but I was always striving more with leadership programs. And that could be something that um, brings more for me and for my community rather than like four years in university. Uh, to explain, I was a part of another exchange program a few years ago. And after that program, it was just two weeks. I organized like 50 different events and workshops across the country. Uh, a few of them were pioneers. Like uh, I, I invented a new type of mentoring. Like I was so inspired by a leadership opportunity, by a learning opportunity that I just brought it all back. I, I just felt anxious to, you know, get all the knowledge out to the people. And uh, Global Village seems to be a wonderful, the most wonderful opportunity to do that, to learn, to advance and to kind of communicate with people on so many levels. And then just, you know, imagine like two weeks is 50 projects and then five weeks is probably 200. Who knows? So <laughs> for, for me, it was uh, all about, you know, getting the type of education I, I should I should be getting. Sounds philosophical. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't want it to be. <laughs> um, what's the first thing you want to do when you get to Lehigh for the program? Hmm. 
So recently we had recent. I keep saying recently. Um, I think in November we had a meeting with the president of Lehigh, and he mentioned that uh, the campus is very equipped for long walks and like a thinking process and I thought you know oh I really wish to experience that you know type of campus life U.S. campus mm-hmm. life uh, that I've read about in books or I've seen <laughs> with my friends yeah who study in the U.S. so yeah uh, for me you know a long walk around the campus maybe while I'm talking to someone would be the first thing one of the first things I do explore geographically <laughs> um Okay, another thing is is my uh, maybe you can guess it already. Uh, guilty pleasure is is books. So I'll I'd probably go and sign up for a library if it's open <laughs> uh, in the summer and uh, try to get as as much <laughs> of benefit from that as possible. Uh, I'm a bookworm, and just helps with every aspect of life. So yeah, uh, probably that if it's just about me, but if it's about like the village itself, like. Um, I would um, try to make as many, not connections, but like as many, and not friends as well, as as many acquaintances as possible a first week. <laughs> so um, there is no like awkwardness going forward. I think it's it's very important considering that the village is probably going to be very large this coming year if we are able to come, <laughs> if COVID allows, fingers crossed. I will be very um, glad to finally meet people and not sit at home and see them on Zoom. <laughs> Have you ever like looked up pictures of our library before? I actually didn't. Is it? Is it no, like... you should look up pictures of Linderman Library because uh-huh. it's beautiful and it's like right in the middle of campus. It's like perfect. Like when you were saying that, like I can see you spending so much time in there. <laughs> Wow, okay. <laughs> I'm like, sorry guys. <laughs> I'm gonna go read some books over there. <laughs> oh wow. Isn't it pretty? It is uh wow, it looks like a library in Cambridge. I've seen that on pictures. It also has like mm-hmm. those lights that look kind of antique. Wow, I, yeah. I now I'm excited. Thank you for telling me. I'm gonna <laughs> no print it out. Yes. <laughs> yes. I love doing my homework in there too. Like I'll just sit in there and do all my work. It's so great. <laughs> yeah. Wow. You guys are very lucky. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> what subjects do you like to talk about? Do you like to study? I like to study. I am uh, at university. I used to be quite a researcher in ethnography, like ethnographic researcher. <laughs> I, I love um, anthropology and sociology like and, the, and all the topics related uh, to humans, which is probably why I love memoirs so much. It's about people, right? You go into deep into the human mind, which makes me think I should, I should definitely study psychology sometime, but for now I'm not so ready for that uh, big step. But uh, that has been a subject that keeps recurring. Like, I like to study people. And not in a stalkery way. Like, in a normal way. <laughs> like, for example, uh, my major was about how people speak, right? It was linguistic and linguistics and literature. How the words you say affect your life. Uh, sociology is about how people's actions affect their lives. Anthropology is about how their, like, you know, surroundings affect them and the people around them so yeah 
I like to study people, and I hope people don't think I'm a stalker after I said that. <laughs> oh no, not at all. I took um, a few semesters ago. I took a social psychology class um, at Lehigh, and that was like all about like how people's like why people behave the way they do and stuff. And like that was like my one of my favorite classes I've ever taken because it's so interesting. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's also not stalkerish. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's also very hands-on, right? Like you learn about it, and then you can um, uh, improve the communication with people. But whatever you learn, you can then see and then practice and and make you know people's lives better. Um, and for me, I think that was the best part because when you study literature, it's not really immediately impactful. <laughs> it's impactful in the long run, but not in the immediate kind of way. So that's interesting. Mm-hmm. I mean, we made it through all of my questions I had for you. Do you have anything else that you want to like throw in? Anything we didn't talk about? <laughs> I am thinking about it. <laughs> I don't know. In general, I think we've covered a lot of things. <laughs> I have a lot of fun stories, but <laughs> um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe for the uh, the twenty three questions. <laughs> Huge thank you to Ackner for coming on our podcast, Keeping It Global. Stay tuned for our second segment with Ackner, 23 Questions with the Brown and White, coming soon.